Well, welcome this morning. It's great to have you here. Uh, if you don't know me, my name's Dean. I'm one of the pastors here. And this week we are uh, we're wrapping up our Welcome Home series. And the last few weeks we've just been thinking about this idea of what it means uh, to really be a place that makes people feel from the moment they come here like they are at home. And so we're going to spend one more day just kind of speaking into this, thinking about this, trying to hear really what is God doing in our midst. If you're someone who is new here today, uh, you'll just, just sit back in and be comfortable. And, uh, and what we hope you'll hear a bit is, is us kind of wrestling with who God is asking us to be as a community of people. And if you're someone who does call this place home, then I hope this morning, you know, you'll, you'll just join me and just leaning into this and trying to say, God, what do you have for us in this? I, uh, I'll, I'll just start, though, by mentioning something. I wanted to uh, say about, you know, these last couple days, Michelle mentioned we've had the the Global Leadership Summit here. How many people, can you raise your hand if you were a volunteer over the weekend, if you're here? Just lift it up. Nice house. People can see a few now. There, there's a, only a few in this room. There were 50 volunteers uh, who are here. And so for some of you who are here right now, it'd be great for you to hear, so I want you to hear this. And, and I just want our whole congregation to know this about uh, what this place is like. There was, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many people sought me out that I don't know, didn't know, but who were asked me, are you the pastor? i got to tell you. I've had an incredible experience here. I've felt so welcome. From the moment I started coming towards the parking lot, people would say things like that to me. It's just been amazing. You just got to know you've got an incredible group of people here. And one person, this is the one I'll tell you to summarize, though. One person came up to me, and he said this. He said, uh, are you the pastor? And I happened to be standing next to a, a, another friend of mine. And uh, I was standing next to a friend of mine. And he said, I said, yes. And he said, I want to give you a bit of feedback about your church. And he said it with this tone. And to be honest, I hear this phrase a lot. <laughs> it's usually not good. In fact, my friend next to me, it was, it was Pete Roberts. He's a good friend of mine. He's also a pastor. Pete told me later, as soon as he said that, because I like look and Pete's gone. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Pete goes, oh, he's like, whoa, how did that go? He's like, I could tell there was a spray coming and I didn't want to get hit by it. So he, uh, yeah, and I'm like, fair enough. And, uh, but the guy said, actually, he said, no, actually, no, you, 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 I just want to tell you this. He said, I've been to, if you can believe it, I've been to 17 global leadership summits. I didn't know there were 17. He said, I've been to 17 of them. That's more than Bill's been to, Bill Hybels, I think. <laughs> he said, I've been to them in six different cities. I've seen it put on by huge churches, small churches, all kinds of places. I've been to Willow Creek itself. He said, Willow Creek was amazing. Apart from that, this is the greatest experience I've ever had at the Global Leadership. Can we give our guys a hand? I mean, I mean, this guy said this, he was blown away. And you know why he was? Because we had 50 people who were dedicated to making people feel welcome from the moment they got within 100 meters of this building. They were. They were out there. People comment. I mean, it was, you know, there was crew. I, I wore this T-shirt today. In honor of our volunteers, uh, they're all wearing the shirt so it's easy for people to identify them, to know who to ask, to know who to come to for directions. Uh, they just, and our volunteers, they, they did an unbelievable job. And, and I want to brag on them for that because the thing that I couldn't help but also just wonder, and, and, and it was amazing because we had 50 unbelievable people. Can you imagine if every person, every Sunday, whoever set foot in this place, walked away saying, I've been to, I don't know, how many different places in my life, but this place was like no other. 
You know, and not, not that they're like, oh, I've been to all these churches, this one's bad. Nah, but people just went, I, I, I've been to restaurants, I've been to movies, I've been to community events, I've been to all kinds of, I've never experienced what I experienced in this place. That is the power of welcome. It changes someone's entire experience of, of what a place is all about. And I just want you to know this, if you call this place home, God is actually... You might think this is just Dean kind of wanting to stand up and talk about, you know, some of these things that we should just do better. Do no, no, God is doing something, and I'm trying to let you in on it. I'm trying to bring you along for what he's doing. Because what I know is that actually what God is doing in our midst right now around this whole idea of how we welcome people and how we bring them in and make them feel welcome home, it's just the prelude. It's just the beginning. It's just welcome is only a front door. It's only a, a, a step into something. And the something that's to come is, is what we want to bring people into. But in the Bible, and I've been amazed at this myself, and it's kind of reading about hospitality and this whole idea of how do we make strangers feel like they're at home, like they're like family. And, and how often in the New Testament, we're going to see this again today. We saw it last week. How this whole idea of making people feel home, of welcome, of hospitality, how it goes hand in hand with seeing the church become all it is meant to be. We saw this last week in, in uh, 1 Peter where Peter was, was describing, you know, uh, kind of this call, the responsibility of all believers to offer hospitality. And with him, it, it then led into this discussion around uh, of spiritual gifts and, and all the various expressions of God's grace happening. And so the, the beginning part, the foundation was about welcoming, bringing people in. What we're going to see today, we're going to go to Romans. And we're going to see once again this passage around hospitality and how we love one another and how we love the outsider. And you know where it comes? We're going to look at Romans chapter 12 today. And in Romans chapter 12, you have this incredible picture. The kind of chapter starts with this whole idea of being transformed people. A few little next section later uh, is one of the great discussions where Paul talks about each of us having different gifts. And so do what you were meant to do. do if you were called to do this, then do that. And, and, and the grace and the amount of gifting God's given you something, lean into it. And after that, he's going to, the, the spot just after that that we're going to look at is, again, this connection where, but the foundation, the foundation on which those things sit, the foundation on which the church becoming all it's meant to be and all of God's graces and gifts being experienced and, and the love of God being experienced sits on how well we welcome. So I want to read to you uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. It's a great few verses. It says this. Romans 12 verse 9. Love must be sincere. This should be a given for us. You know, when we talk about being intentional about welcoming, uh, none of the intentions of the world matter if it's not sincere. So this is a, a given for us. Don't, don't ever mistake this. We, we assume love must be sincere. Hate what's evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I want to just key in on these verses where we get this, just another one of these snapshots of what the church is called to be. And there's kind of three big ideas we're going to draw out 
There's kind of one on the front end of this little section. There's one on the back end of it. They're kind of like bookends. And then there's one great big idea in the middle. And I want to start with these two ideas that sit on either side of this passage. And the first one is to realize this, that the church, when it's being all it's meant to be, when the church is, if the, if the church is to feel like a home, to welcome people into, then it begins with us, with this call to love and honor one another. Love these first few verses that really speak to this idea of loving and honoring, being devoted to one another. You know, loving one another can feel so broad in general sometimes. Where do you begin? But I love this idea of, of honoring one another, of treating one another like, like the other is important. And, 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 and when he talks about being devoted to one another, there's almost this sense of, in fact, some translations bring it out, like almost outdo one another in your love for one another and in your honoring for one another. There's this great picture of a community of people who just try to outdo one another in loving and honoring and thinking about one another before themselves and, and how the other person's important. There's just this great picture of what it looks like just to love and to honor one another. And when that happens, I think that's part of what makes a place feel like home. When we simply love one another. If we don't love one another, honor one another, care for one another, cheer for one another, look out for one another, there's no home to welcome people into. So it starts with us loving and honoring, being devoted to one another. Can I tell you one of the things I, I love is, I, you know, I feel for myself and for many of us here, this place feels like home because there are people here where they love you. Lisa and I are, are heading on a, a holiday, actually. We're um, leaving this week and heading over to uh, the country of our birth in the United States. And we're going, in, in many ways, we're going home. We're going where we were born. We're, we're going to our families. We're going to our, uh, the place where, where we are from. We're going home. But it's so funny because we haven't, you know, we haven't, I saw my parents quickly just about a month ago. But apart from that, we haven't seen our families for two years and so we're so excited to experience that sense of, hey, you know, we'll be home. But it's just funny because as well, we're already like, oh, I'm going to miss church so much. This is like, our, this is our family as well. This is our home. This, you know, Perth is our home. Australia's our home. This, but this community of people for us, we already think we're going to miss our family while we're gone. And that's the power of church is that when you love one another, devote to one another, you become like family. And it feels like home. And my dream for every person here is you'd feel the same as I do. And I want to tell you something. You know, if you're someone who feels like, well, you probably just feel like that because you're, you know, here all the time. You know, that this isn't. No, no, no. There are plenty of people who are not on our staff and not worried, but that's their sense of this place. But I want to tell you something. One of the ways you get to that space where it really feels like home and you feel like people are devoted to you and you to them, it, it is in actually serving together. You know, I know when I first, you know, five years ago, I, I was brand new. Some of you have been here a week, a month, two months. Some of you have been here six months, a year, and you're thinking, I just still don't feel like home. Can I tell you, that doesn't just happen overnight. One of the things that I have just found, and even this last couple of days reminded me of it again, you know when you really know you're devoted to one another, is when you, when you serve together and you look out for each other and you're doing things together. 
If you ever think of church like a service you attend, it will never feel like home. But when you think of church as being like a team I'm a part of, and we're doing things together for a common purpose, you will feel like home. You know, one of the things that, I, that makes me feel so home, you know, I, I experienced this sense of honoring uh, just in these last couple days. There, there was um, several times over those couple days of GLS where we're here all day and doing things. On several occasions, someone, uh, not at my request or anything, would out of the blue bring me a cup of coffee. And I thought, and every time they did that, I, I wanted to rise up and call them blessed, you know? And I just, it's amazing. I, fe- I would feel like David, you know the story? If you're at GLS, you heard this story. If you're at Man Camp, you heard this story. Where David had these three guys at one point where their whole army's under siege. And these three guys leave and they break through enemy forces to get him a drink of water from his favorite well. And they bring it all the way back to him. And David is so, like, amazed they would do this for him. And so he dumps it out in the water and says, I won't drink this because... You know, you risked your lives for it. I'm going to pour it out as an offering to the Lord. That's how I felt. I took these coffees, and I would just <laughs> dump them out. I'm like, you broke through the crowd in that cafe. Some, uh, you went all the way up the stairs to the special machine by the volunteer lounge. Far be it from me to drink this coffee. And I just dumped it out. And I, I figured we're getting new carpet anyway. And um, no, I, I, I should have. I should have done that. But uh, you know what was just great is I'm like, man, that was like, it's like someone thought of me. You know, what, a, what does a culture look like where we all do that for one another? Because you know what it made me think? It made me really think. I thought, who am I honoring right now? Who could I go help and serve right now? Hey, I got a few minutes. I wonder if there's something I could do for someone else. Imagine a community of people where everybody, that's how we're thinking. And nobody has to go get their own cup of coffee. Well, it's like, hey, what can I get you? You know, that's... This is a picture of loving and honoring one another. Thinking about each other's needs above our own. It's what makes a place home. It's what makes us in that kind of community. The second call you see in here, though, is, again, this, is this, this part I love because it's all about just how we want another in this. But it, the, the verse, the bookend on the back end of this little passage, it talks all about these loving, sharing with one another's needs, is this final call to now practice hospitality. And as we learned last week, hospitality, this philos xenos, loving strangers like family. That's the final call. It's like don't get so wrapped up, though, in just loving one another and, and sharing with each other. Yeah, that's part of it. Create that family. Create that home. But make sure you extend it to those who are not here yet. And this is that call to not just love and honor one another, but to love strangers like their family. To love people who are not here yet. To show hospitality. How do we make strangers feel like family? That's hospitality. That's how do we make them feel like welcome home. You're home here. And, 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 I, and, and this, is, this series is about us really saying, how are we going to do this well? Because so we've got a, a, a lot of love for one are, are we thinking as well about those who are not here yet? All of our hospitality teams whether it's, it's greeters on doors, the ushers who set up this room, the people who create the coffee and those kinds of environments. This is all about hospitality. It's all about trying to create a space where strangers can feel at home. And, and, and you know what? We've, we've, uh, we've talked about, you know, over this series, wanting to find a, a 150 people who will say, I'll be part of a hospitality team that once a month or once every six weeks, I will make it my intention 
to make sure I'm creating that space where strangers will feel like family, where there's somebody looking out for who's not here yet. We have had 80 people already who have signed up and said, I'll be part of one of those teams. I want to encourage you. This is, this is for all of us. And you can have another chance today to say, you know what, I want to be a part of this. God's stirring something, doing something. I want to be a part of it. And, and, and I, this is something that's for all of us. And it's something we can do intentionally, something we can actually say, I'm going to take these steps with sincere love, but I'm going to make sure I'm intentional about making strangers feel like family. So much power in that. Can I tell you three things quickly, though, every single one of us can do, whether we're on a team or not. But these are things that, again, infect our culture if we begin to think like this, act like this. Three simple things every one of us who calls this place home, feels like it's home, could do every week. And it's to make simple choices about where we park, where we sit, and when we come. And I want to just encourage you to consider this. Three ways you can make a stranger feel welcome here, like there's room for them, is to think about where you park, where you sit, and when you come. You know, we, are, our staff, and lots of our volunteers and lots of people, uh, we choose to park over by the, the Chinese restaurant, over by Kurana Road, to just say we want to park as far away as possible so that as many spaces that are close to this building are open and available for a newcomer. Our hope, our desire is that the car park over here, kind of on that northern side by the park, would always be completely empty and left for newcomers or people who have trouble getting to the building and who need a physically a space that is nearby. And I just want to encourage you, you can make a decision to show hospitality by just choosing where you park, by parking as far as you can. I call this prophetic parking. <laughs> I have this kind of chuckle to myself every single Sunday. I'll go park, and I park even where there's clearly, there's plenty of spaces still. I'll go to the very end by the Chinese restaurant and leave all these empty ones. And I say, Lord, I believe you're going to make this a place where we're going to need every one of these spots one day. And, and I, I literally, and I, I kind of laugh at myself because it feels a little silly, but I, I pray it. And I pray for every empty spot I see, and I say, Lord, we're going to make room. We've got to make room for what you're doing. When you park, you're making a, a statement about what you believe the future of our church is. Do you believe there are people that God wants to bring here, that he wants to connect, that he wants to make strangers feel like family here? Choose where you park. It's a powerful thing. I don't know what you see, but I see that and believe that there are people who are not here yet who God wants to connect because he wants to connect people to his heart, and he's asked us to do it. Where you sit, where you sit, uh, one of the simple choices you could make is to be bold enough if you are someone who feels at home, so you're not coming in here feeling like I'm not, I just feel uncertain here, I'm not home yet. If you feel at home, to consider sitting in the very front. Here's what happens when you sit at the very front. Who wants to sit in the very back? The stranger. The person who's feeling uncomfortable. I guarantee you, people when they come to church for the very first time are not thinking, let me down front. I would love to just sit where everyone can look at me. And watch and make sure I'm doing things properly, you know? That's not going through anybody's mind. When you make an intentional choice to sit in the front, you make an intentional choice to say, I'm freeing up room for those who are coming. I'm freeing up room for the mom who's got a bunch of kids and is just finding it tough to get here. And by the time she comes in, she just needs some space in the back where she can sit and collapse. I'm just thinking about someone else. These are small things, but they actually would transform our culture. And they make room for the stranger. 
you'll notice right now the front row is like a wall. It's like a barrier. It's like all of you said, we are not sure what this guy might do. We will protect ourselves. And uh, yeah, come on, look at him. I love it. You know, do you know there's a great definition of discipleship? Great, no, no, great definition of discipleship. And this, honest, take this one home. And when you think about what's it mean to be a disciple? Do I know all the Bible? Do I know this? The speed of obedience to what God is asking you to do. <laughs> you guys said, God, if you want it, boom. That's maturity. Wow, wow. Now I promise I won't do anything beyond that to embarrass you. <laughs> Where you sit, when you come, try this one. <laughs> Uh, imagine, uh, just here's a, here's a simple thing. We've never talked about this, so don't, don't anyone feel bad. But can I encourage you, if it is only a matter of convenience that you come at 9, nothing else forces you to. Uh, 9 o'clock, you'll see even now, is quite full in here. If you choose to come at 1030, you actually make room. For whatever reason, more people seem to come in the morning. I get it. It's early. It's summer. We live in the land of beaches. You make room for more people if you would be willing to choose to come at a slightly less convenient time. Uh, just to come at 10.30, to say, you know what, here's, here's serving the Lord for you. You can say, for church, I'm going to stop and get a coffee, you know, just because I'm sacrificial like that, you know? So anyway, consider the 10.30 or the 5 p.m. service if you just think about it. It's a simple step you could take and make room for someone else. Now, the last idea, the, the third big idea in these verses uh, that I love is, you know, so it talks about you know, how we love one another, how we practice hospitality. And it talks about this idea as well where he says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I love that on the two bookends, this little passage of how we love one another and how we practice hospitality, show love to the strangers, to those who are not here yet, right in the middle is, and never, never let that fire go out. When he says, you know, this fervent in spirit, this idea of fervent is the same kind of words they use to, to boil water and make it hot. It's kind of like he's just saying, stay hot, stay passionate. We have a call to stay passionate about doing these things. We, we, it's easy to get fired up for a weekend. It's easy to get fired up for a series. We are called to stay, to never lose our passion for these things. To never lose our passion for outdoing one another in love for each other and honoring one another. To stay passionate about never losing our, our, our energy and our motivation to make room for the stranger, for those who are not here yet. And you know, one of the ways I, I believe we actually stay passionate. I'm going to give you two ways I think we can help ourselves stay hot, stay passionate. One is simply this. This is one way we can all help each other stay passionate is this when we all choose to play a part. You see, if every one of us says, yes, you know, I'll, I'll, if only a few people do this, we know people lose their passion, as we might call it, burn out, when there are too few doing too much. We stay passionate when, you know what, many, many hands makes light work. So people ask me, you know what, do we really need 150 people? Do we really need that many? We do because we want to have an abundance of welcome in this place. We don't want a few people trying to do too much. We want everybody to make this a part of what it looks like to be a part of this community when it gathers. 
And that helps all of us stay passionate. Do you know we've had uh, a bunch of people in, in that 80, there's a bunch of people who've already said, yeah, I'm joining in in kids. It's amazing. It's awesome. I, I chatted with one children's you know, worker who already had a, a new adult come into their group, and they said, I just had an entirely different experience. They've been leading this, this particular age group and thing for a little while, and they were basically on their own as an adult, and someone else as an adult came in. They said, and this person was almost at the end. They were almost ready to give up and quit. And they said, I had an entirely different experience. This other person hardly had to bring anything other than their presence, than being there. And they had an entirely different experience. And instead of going home feeling like, I don't know if I could do another week, they went home saying, I love what I'm doing. They're going to be able to stay passionate. You know what? I'm invite, we've had 80 so far. I, I'm just inviting, you know what? If you have not yet, if you're not on a team already existing, and you're just thinking about, should I do this? Yes, there, what better way to serve than say, I'm being a part of representing the heart of our Father. Because you know the other thing that helps you stay passionate, helps you keep your zeal, is simply by remembering why we do what we do. To remember why we do what we do. You know, we started this series thinking about the prodigal son and that Jesus telling this story, that this is what the heart of the Father is like. That when that son was gone and lost, the Father stood and he waited outside. And as soon as he came even anywhere near him, he began to run to him. And he went with open arms wide around him. And he put a robe on him and a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And he threw a party for him. This is the heart of the Father for those who are not here yet. This is why we do welcome. Because you and I have been given a call to represent the heart of the Father in this world. And as a church, that's what we're meant to do. That's why we do this. This is why we're talking about it, because we want to. We want to be like the open arms of the Father to people, to people. This is why we do what we do. And I want to tell you something. I believe, as I said, there is this foundation piece that we see in Scripture. When it talks about hospitality and welcome, how we love one another in the community, the things that begin to happen in a community like that are just incredible. Are really, it is just, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. When you read those verses in Romans and the picture of what God calls the church to be, you just think, who would not want to be in a space like that? And all it takes is every one of us playing our little part. I want to talk about one last piece of this to, as we wrap up this Welcome Home series and what it looks like to welcome people home. We know there are, there are two pieces to welcoming someone into your home. The first is having a house, some kind of physical space to welcome people into. The second is how we do that as people, how we make people feel at home. But on your seats, I just want to call your attention just for a moment to it. You'll see just an update on our building, uh, what's happening in Marowa. And uh, we're going to be putting these out every, you know, kind of once or twice, uh, uh, maybe every other month. We'll have one of these out just to keep you up to date with what's happening. And I just want to encourage you to have a, have a look at that. And uh, what you'll see, I'll just going to only highlight a couple things really quickly. And the first is this, is that nine and a half months from now, we have practical completion on our new house in Marowa. We have practical, that's where the clap isn't, nine and a half months, nine and a half months. Um, you'll see it just behind me a little bit. And here's what I want you to realize, you know, this is, you're seeing vision become reality. For a long time, we've only looked at this as drawings for literally three years. 
And now it's be turning into physical reality. Uh, here's the, what I want you to understand. We are, we are, we are seeking to, to build a house, but we're not just wanting to, to build a house. We're, we're trying to create a home. And what we envision this to be, just to understand this, a year from now, not even, nine and a half months from now, we will open the doors to a new house. And we want to be ready to say welcome home to every person who comes anywhere near that space. We are, as you look in there, you'll see some of those exciting things. Like we mentioned, uh, the child care center is going ahead. We, we're financing that as a separate business and project. Uh, this is a big project, but I want to tell you something. We have not set out to try and do something that is comfortable and something that is easy for us. We set out to say, God, how are you calling us to reach your, this community? I, I wanted to just, uh, on the child care center, I want you to know this about that. I, I believe this child care center, it is something that needs to, to just kind of throb with that heartbeat of welcome. And it's going to. It's not just going to be any child care center. Our heart and vision is that this is the best child care center in the whole northern suburbs. There would be no place more you would want to send your kids than into this place. It will be like a home for kids and families. And it won't just babysit them. It is going to build into them from the time they are young. It, it, we have got incredible opportunity in front of us. And it's big and it's stretching. And, and it doesn't even stop there. As you read through there, one of the things you'll see that we want to do over this next uh, nine and a half, ten months, even as we move towards opening this house, there are things that we want to do in this house. Because when we open the doors there, we kind of see this, you know, nine and a half months from now, that we are opening our doors in a fresh way and into a fresh new season, uh, you know, that, that is going to be unlike anything we've quite ever done before. And as we open the doors there on, you know, uh, on these brand new you know, facilities, we want this house to likewise be just as warm, welcoming, and inviting to the community around it. And so we want to, uh, one of the things you'll see in there as well is there's a number of things we want to do in this house over the next year. That all, all of these things, what I can tell you they share in common, is they're not free. <laughs> Some parts of it have been free, but Here's the thing. What that can make us think is in some ways, if you read through there, and this is what I hope almost kind of happens for you as you read through and you see kind of the, what, what, what's happening and what God's leading us into and what we want to do here, uh, it would be really easy to read all that and start to think, whoa, this, this is a lot, isn't it? We're doing a lot. And you'd be right. You'd be right. We're going to one day look back, I think, three or four or five years from now, even 20 years from now, people will look back on this season of this church's life, and they will not say they played it safe. They will not say they just did what was comfortable. We're in a season where we want to take risks. We want to step out in faith. Now, I want to qualify that and let you know this. We are not being reckless. The point of this, none of it is, not, is being done recklessly. Everything is being done in order, with prayer, with wisdom, with insight. Our elders working this through all kinds of levels. We are not reckless. But we do not want to stay safe. We do not want to do that which we think, yeah, of course, any church their size could have done that. And what I believe is as we step into these things, we have an opportunity to see God do something that only God could do. 
And when I think about what welcome looks like, not just in the physical space, but the experience of any person having that same experience this gentleman had. That I've been a lot of places, but I've never seen somewhere like that. I've been a lot of places. I've never felt as home as I did there. Imagine that. And I can tell you this. If you wonder, can that happen? Will that happen? It can happen. It will happen. And it will happen as each one of us plays our part. You'll see on the back there it says, how can I help? How can I be a part of this? It is about each one of us giving. Whatever we have to give. A proportion. Whatever God's given you to say, I'm going to regularly give a bit of that towards this. It's about giving of our time and our energy. Every one of us. I don't have to be on every single Sunday for the next three years, but I can give what I've got. I can be on a Sunday a week. I can do this ministry. I can do that. As every one of us plays our part, what I think you will see is God do something that leaves us all stunned in awe and wonder. In fact, I want to just, we're going to give you one little taste of uh, the Global Leadership Summit. We've got the big screen here today. And in a moment, after this, what we're going to do is we're going to collect our offering. If you came prepared to give today, if, that's, uh, if you are, are someone who you want to support what's happening at this church, this is your opportunity to give. As we take up the offering, you're going to have the chance to give, whether it's financially. Or I want to encourage you to think about if you've not yet said, I want to play a part in stepping up our welcome, you can fill out one of those cards, and we're going to take those up with our offering. This is a true offering. It's going to be about saying, I'm willing to give of my finances. I'm willing to give of my time. I'm willing to give of who I am. And here's what I know is that, and what I believe is that as we do that, God does something amazing. In fact, the story, what you're going to see is a real a short moment of uh, one of the speakers named Albert Tate who's talking about the story where Jesus takes the, the fish and the loaves and multiplies them. We all know this story. It's an incredible story. What he focuses on is this little boy. And he asks himself, you know, why was it this little boy, one out of so many, out of 15,000, is the only one who even brought a lunch? What was he thinking? And, and, and what was the, the impact of this little boy's willingness to bring what he had? So we're going to have a look at this clip. It's going to be about four minutes. After that, we'll be taking up that offering. So let's, let's roll that. Thanks, guys.